Hey guys, welcome back to Gaming Trim Podcast. This is your host, Erica. And this is your other host, John. I am having Dutch pepper. Yeah, mm, tasty. <laughs> is it too early to start drinking? Is that why? Oh, no, I, I started drinking already, but <laughs> I need caffeine. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I woke up like an hour ago. Uh <laughs> of course you did, lazy. Yeah. I yeah. Woke, I fell asleep at 4 a.m., and you know what? I was up and ready at 9. That's great for you, sir. I'm not about that life. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I'm just a masochist. <laughs> <laughs> well, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Disney Plus lineup. Uh, we're going to be talking mainly about uh, the TV shows, uh, the ones that we care about, the ones that we're really excited about. Yeah, I'm so ready for the DC universe right now. You'll see that we're excited for it <laughs> this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I said DC, not Marvel. <laughs> okay okay well who's the comic book fan <laughs> here it's definitely not you <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna lie i'm not i'm not gonna be like oh that's from dc oh that's from marvel i'm gonna be like oh i like that i've i've seen a couple comics i'm very much an off hands fan um i'm not super into that toxic culture because it can be very toxic as we both know no there's a thing. You have the stuff in the comics, and you have the <laughs> movies, which are the adaptations of the comics, and there's a lot of things they change, and a lot of things I don't agree with. But we continue on with Green Lantern. <laughs> the fan base, the fan base for comics can be so toxic, and you know this. There's toxicity in everything. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, let's head into Game On and start talking. Game On! And up first on the list, coming out Friday, April 16th, Big Shot, featuring your favorite uncle from Full House, John Stamos, where he stars as a college basketball coach who gets fired from his job and takes a teaching and coaching job at an all-girls private high school. Yvette, Nicole Brown also stars in this. I love the description from IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. You suck at descriptions. <laughs> There's not a lot to go on description. Some of these shows just don't have the information out at the moment. But yeah, I love John Stamos. I love watching him in most everything. He's been in a lot of Lifetime shows and whatnot, which are like, okay. Uh, but he's good. He's a solid actor. Oh, yeah. He hasn't aged a day. He's all. beautiful. I don't know what he does. He's he's majestic. I'm super straight and I'll say that. He is majestic. <laughs> <laughs> Our next show that we're going to talk about is Star Wars The Bad Batch. It's coming out Tuesday, May 4th. Star Wars The Bad Batch follows the elite and experimental clones of The Bad Batch, first introduced in The Clone Wars, as they find their way in rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of The Clone War. Members of The Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possesses a singular exceptional skill that makes them extraordinarily effective soldiers and a formidable crew. In the post-clone war era, they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. Beta test of the clone troopers. Such fun. They found all the mistakes and then put the chips in them and then Order 66 came around. I wonder what happened was Order 1 through 65. Makes you really wonder on some things. But <laughs> this actually seems pretty cool. We're like, okay, we have the first batch. Um, we have some beta problems here. Like, He's like, for the Empire. And then the next one, find the Empire. Like, okay, we need to destroy that one. And then we continue <laughs> on and keep going. And this is how they made the final cut of all of the Stormtroopers. I love it. Like, the Clone Wars, everything like that, it's 
I, I mean, all Star Wars fans love it. So I'm excited to see another extension of that happening. Speaking of magical things that probably don't exist, coming on June 11th, Loki. After losing Loki at the start of Avengers Infinity War, the god of mischief, Tom Hiddleston, will be back on his own show, which Feige describes as a crime thriller. Loki will show us what happened to the character during the events of Avengers Endgame after a version of him disappeared into the unknown with the Space Stone when Captain America and Tony Stark went back in time to retrieve it. Since that, Loki hasn't gone through the character growth we were able to see through the MCU Thor movies. We expect to see a more mischievous side of the trickster. A previous teaser that has showed us that Loki wearing a jumpsuit hinting at the introduction of the TVA, the Time Variance Authority... The group monitors and oversees the multiverse and multiple timelines, also starring Owen Wilson and Richard E. Grant. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All these sexy men, I sight. <laughs> it's Loki. It's going to be very... How are they going to be able to tr- keep him under wraps? Are they going to use the same kind of like like necklace like neck braces they use for the mutants in the other universe? I'm excited. I don't I don't know what to think about this. Like I'm not super well versed in comics. Uh, my husband is, so every time you watch anything comic or superhero related, I have to go. So is that in the comics? Is it like is this following the storyline? And so I I really like depend on him. I'm going to be honest, but. I'm in for it. I, I love him. I love Tom Hiddleston. I mean, he's a great actor. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I love it. Oh, I have so got to bust out my collection and just give you, like, ch- chunk handfuls of them to read. Justin has literally, literally a full closet full of comics, like, stacked in comic boxes, full up, like, series beginning to end. He used to buy every month. Uh, about two grand of comics to read for a comic podcast he had. Uh, So I don't need them, but thank you. (laughs) There you go. You need to start reading. You got to study up on all of this stuff. See, I'm too busy reading my manga. Uh, You know, there's there's too much smut manga out there that I don't have enough time. But the next show we're going to be talking about is The Mysterious Benedict Society. It's coming out June 25th. Based on the bestseller by Trenton Lee Stewart, the series will follow a group of orphans at a boarding school who have to stop a nefarious plot with global ramifications. Ryan Hurst, The Walking Dead, told us he was filming the project earlier this year. Tony Hale from Veep will also start. So when Hearst was talked to earlier this fall, he said it's basically like Wes Anderson made Willy Wonka or Wes Anderson made Harry Potter. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful story among children coming of age who are tasked with saving the world. Uh, it does give me very, like the, like the couple images I see, Mary Poppins. I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited. I love it. I love the actors that are going to be in it. Um, and who love, I mean, everyone loves orphans. Everyone loves orphans with problems. So I'm down. Right now I got, uh, llamas with hats playing in my head right now as soon as you said orphans. Well, making a meat dragon. I'm using orphan meat because not any meat would do. You're horrible. (laughs) Well, it's like one of those things. Like you you got a kid kid at the hospital, and the doctor's like, "I'm sorry, can't help you. I'm a family doctor." (laughs) Oh my god, you're horrible. (laughs) You're just so bad. Or you know, the the last one, like a family portrait for an orphan, would would that just be a selfie? Do you hate orphans? Is this why you know all these jokes? 
Oh, there's a lot of stuff rattling around this head, and this is about the only way I can get him out without people going, <laughs> What do we have next? Well, we've had Monsters, Inc. Then we have the monsters that went to college, and now on July 2nd, the monsters are at work. Six months after the events of Monsters, Inc., the city of Monstropolis is making the transition to be fueled by the sound of laughter. Tyler Tussman is... A recent scare major graduate from Monster University, working as a mechanic in the facilities team, dreams of working alongside his idols, Mike Wazowski and James P. Sully Sullivan. And with this one, it's actually been in the works since 2017 when it came out. Um, That's they announced awesome. It. John Goodman and Billy Crystal. Um, they're going to be reprising the roles of the series alongside John Ratzenberger, Jennifer Tilly, and Bob Peterson. With, with the new cast, including Ben Feldman, Kelly Marie Tran, Henry Winkler, haha, the Fonz, <laughs> Lucas Neff, Alana, uh, I'm butchering names now, <laughs> Stevenson, and Aisha Tyler. I'm ready. I love all the Monsters, Inc. movies. They are perfect especially you got billy crystal holy crap that's billy crystal yeah i mean you're already set right there but i've always wondered like how did they transition how how did they convince people because they were afraid of children they were like oh my god children are going to kill us if they touch us so i'm excited to see this phobia and how people are going to get over it and how they're going to like pretty much decriminalize humans in a sense uh, they're gonna. I, I'm excited to see it. Um, I wonder if they're gonna talk about the issue almost in a racist sense. Like I can see like humans, like ooh, they're bad. You know, we don't want them mingling with us. I I wonder if they're gonna take that in like that viewpoint. So are you saying they're gonna try to kidnap the kids and put them in cages? <laughs> that is not what I said, but I'm saying that I wonder if they're going to take a point of view where they educate children and they're trying to teach children it's not okay to segregate a person just because they look or act differently. Okay, I thought it was just they're going through a different energy source and there's going to be some kind of es- like I'm just saying that, industrial that could espionage. Just be it. They that could, could be it. just be Man, that. You, you're just going like way out there on that I'm thing. I'm just like, saying. You want, I would you like want to th- see it. You watch the news way too much. <laughs> <laughs> the next one that is on our list is Turner and Hooch. I mean, classic favorite bra. It's going to come out July 16th. A detective solves crimes with the help of an oversized dog. Um, pretty simple, guys. <laughs> it's going to be the TV adaptation of the 1989 film Turner and Hooch. And if you didn't cry at the end of that movie, you were a set. You were a a evil soulless person no i mean uh tom hanks love it he was one of his best films i didn't actually see this movie until a couple years ago i know i was born in 1990 so this was pre my time it wasn't like a film we watched in the household but it's a solid movie oh my god i know i was born in 81 yes i'm old but i watched movies from like the 40s and 50s and stuff like that like Come on, you gotta watch we more didn't. movies. My parents didn't. I mean, honestly, my my dad watched news a lot, and then my mom watched soap operas. Hence, all of us being named after soap opera actresses. So, well, that just speaks volumes, right there. It, it does. Uh, but yeah, with Turner, you got Josh Peck as Scott Turner Jr., a button-down and ambitious U.S. Marshal, the son of the late detective Scott Turner, who ends up inheriting and really. Okay, this is not a. This is not a remake, right? This is actually a continuation of yes. the of the Turner and Hooch universe. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So, wow. He got, how does he die of natural causes from all the bike bandits? 
<laughs> That's a good question right there. I don't know. But no, I'm excited. Uh, Josh Peck is amazing. Um, he's a great actor, voice actor. Uh, hands down, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Excite? Ex- excite? Excite. Excited. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is not the dot com from the 90s. <laughs> Excite.com. No, it is not that. Excited. I know that we're excited about the next show we're going to talk about. Oh, we are. Some of us are until I saw the animation. Chippendale Park Life, which is supposed to come out July 23rd. The lovable chipmunk troublemakers and a nonverbal classic style comedy following the ups and downs of two little creatures living life in the big city. And yeah, I, I looked at the stills of this. Not a big fan of the animation style. But, you know, I'll give it a chance because I love Chippendale, especially when there was Chippendale's Rescue Rangers where you had Chip dressed up as Indiana Jones and Dale's dressed up as Magnum P.I. Yeah, I was like six months ago, I found that out. And I've been watching this whole series like forever. <laughs> I I love Chippendale. I grew up on Chippendale. Um, no, it, it's a solid cartoon. I've seen the stills. Um, it's... I don't know, very reminiscent of Garfield for some reason. I I don't know why it reminds me of Garfield. Maybe just like the big eyes that they all have. Which Garfield? The animated one. The Which animated one? TV show. The TV show. Garfield and Friends? Yes, yes. This it is nothing like the animation of Garfield and Friends. It reminds me of that. I don't know why uh, it reminds okay. me of it, but it we'll, reminds we'll, me of it. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, if it's the same kind of style of comedy how it was when they first introduced Chippendale, I'll I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a chance. I will so- solidly give this a chance. Our next one, Hawkeye, is going to come in late 2021. Jeremy Renner is back at it as Hawkeye in Hawkeye, <laughs> a Disney Plus event series that will find the adventure training Kate Bishop, who has yet to be cast, as a new take on the Archer. This series will pull from the comics run by Matt Fraction and arrives in the fall of 2021. I'm, I'm excited. I, I, look, I like Hawkeye. I mean, is it oh, my favorite? Just, really. just admit, you just want to see Jeremy Renner. He's hot. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, half the interest in these shows are I'm like, these guys are pretty attractive. Um, I'm not speaking for all women by any means. I'm saying that is a big incentive for me. <laughs> just looking at him like, yeah. <laughs> I'd break a tooth for you. I'm a yeah. horrible, I'm horrible. I'm an ogler, like, uh, I'm a horrible person. No, you're not. You're just like, yeah, that's some good man meat right there. <laughs> I should not be sexualizing these characters. If it was vice versa, it would not be okay. I should work on I'm it. Se- but I'm sexualizing I'm him right now, and I'm a guy. I'm, I'm human, guys. <laughs> he, he looked good. <laughs> hell, like, you know, hell. they spend a lot of time working out. I mean, I'm just letting them know that they did it for a good reason. For your viewing pleasure. <laughs> and to be exactly like how the comic book characters are. Where else can you get a 12 pack? <laughs> <Very true. laughs> uh, but no, we're going to go into something a little stranger and something that's actually slightly older than me Marvel's What If? Uh, it's an upcoming American animated anthology created by AC Bradley for the streaming service Disney Plus based on the Marvel comic series of the same name. It explores what would happen if major moments from the films of the cinematic universe occurred differently. The series produced by Marvel, their first animated series since becoming their own production company. Bradley serves as head writer of the series with Brian Andrews directing. This is going to be in 
sinks. I remember reading some of these things, you know, Grant, I got them secondhand, where it's like, they even like crossed over on some things like, hey, what if some weird portal opened up and hey, a Green Lantern appeared in the middle of New York? <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, Josh Brolin, Mark Ruffalo, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Rudd, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Michael Brooker, and Tom Hiddleston were among the 25 actors shown on screen to reprise their roles on the animated series. Wow. Especially yes. Jeff Goldblum and Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah. Comedic geniuses. All the goods. All the goods. Wait a minute, Chadwick Boseman, how are they going to, did they just animate his bones from the grave or they record all this before, um, they probably recorded all this beforehand. Yeah, because granted with him, like, whenever he found out that he did pass, like, there was a, he was just going nonstop. Right, like, he really I, was. He had, like, at least 15 movies already done by the time he passed. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if there's, like, more stuff that's coming out with him on it. Like, wow, he really went all out. He knew he was going to pass, um, you know, very sad, rest in peace. Um, he knew he was going to pass. You know, it's really sad that he he had to keep this a secret, in a sense. Otherwise, it would be displayed all upon news. Um, it would it would change a lot of things that happened. Uh, it's really sad that these actors have to hide, you know, intricate and very important details of their life because they don't want to be hassled. Which I get. They have every right to. It's just really sad about the situation. But he knew he was going to pass, and that's why he did all this. Um, knowing how the legacy media are, they'll just camp outside his house and constantly berate him continuously. But still, like, yeah. hey, we still get more stuff from him to see his talented acting skill. I love it. I love it. And I love this, okay? She-Hulk. Oh, my God. So comic fans have been screaming for some She-Hulk, okay? Mark Ruffalo won't be the only Hulk in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Feige said Jennifer Walters, who is known as She-Hulk, will be getting her own comedy series. Feige confirmed Tatiana Maslany will play the lawyer. Uh, Ruffalo and Tom Roth's The Abomination from the 2008 Hulk film will also appear on the Disney Plus series. It's a series about a woman trying to navigate to the world and be taken seriously as a working professional, despite the fact that she's a well-known over six foot seven and green. Feige says it's a very funny series since Jennifer Walters is a lawyer who specializes specifically in superhero-oriented legal cases. You never know what Marvel characters are going to pop up from episode to episode. So I'm I'm excited. I love She-Hulk. Very empowering. Uh, great. It's just how you describe. You went through the whole synopsis on this. This just reminds me of something that used to be on Adult Swim. Harvey Birdman, attorney at yes. law. <laughs> <laughs> I I completely agree with you. Yes. Um. But no, I'm I'm dead serious. The comics are great. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they incorporate, what they change. I'm wondering though, if they're going to keep the whole thing where She-Hulk was Bruce Banner's. Like first cousin, so she already, she also had the genetic disposition to whenever you get hit with gamma rays, turn into a Hulk. We'll see. We'll see what they put in there. Now here's something that I'm excited about a little more. Moon Knight. Oh, the series will follow a vigilante with disassociative identity disorder and explore the multiple identities who live inside him. In the comics, Mark Spector is a mercenary who gets resurrected by an Egyptian moon god after being left for dead. And with this, Oscar Isaac will reportedly star in the series. So I know nothing about this. So is he himself or is he an Egyptian god? He's not an Egyptian god. He has the powers of the Egyptian god. Okay. And then now he has identities living in him? Yes. Where did those come from? Pretty much past, past people who have been the Moon Knight. 
Interesting. I like uh, anything Egyptian. I'm totes down for. Uh, so, okay. This is something I've always wanted to see happen ever since I've actually read the comics way back in the day. Yes, back in the day. And yes, and yes, kids, comic books came in paper, not on digital. It was an awesome character just going through. Just think of um, Spawn, where Spawn got his powers from from satan but he started becoming a vigilante and killing off all the bad guys that were causing problems same thing i like it a lot <laughs> there's so many great shows that i could go on and on about like miss marvel secret invasion Ironheart, armor wars but there is just not enough minutes in this episode today and as you can imagine all these shows cost a lot of money right i mean i can't even imagine the bill that disney plus is putting out there uh so let's go ahead and talk about some stuff that we want to spend our money on. Shut up and take my money. Shut up and take my money. A lot of new things that we're going to hear with, like, you know, the touchless bathroom faucet, the intelligent toilet. Thank God it's not clear, but I think it's Alexa enabled. Um, all the way down to this bathtub that is $16,000. But there's four tiers of this thing. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's called the stillness bath. The bath is based on the practice of Japanese forest bathing or Shinrin-yoku. This thing for $16,000 you get a lot of things with this. But we're going to start with tier one, just to give you an idea of everything on this. There's four tiers to this thing. First tier, it's $6,000, and you get just the tub. That's it. A big square tub that you sit in. And even with this thing, the simplicity of this thing is very elegant in itself. Then with that, you go to tier two. That's $9,000. But it has a smart feature. Autofill. Yes. So you can just go, Alexa, fill the bath, 102 degrees, and it will do it. Heat up everything, go there. And yeah, that was my Alexa speaking in the background. She said, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, she don't know any of these things. Damn you, Amazon. <laughs> but yes, it, with integrated smart speaker support, so it'll hook up with your, elect, your Echo Dots, your your Google speaker thing, and other wonderful things. I think there are only two right now. Um, but then you go to tier three. You get the experience tower, which produces a mist that goes across the surface of the water. So it's just like you're there in a nice steamy bathtub, but it gives you the real visualization of that you are in a warm a hot spa somewhere in the woods. What's really cool about the mist is that you actually can put aromatherapy into it as well. Oh, I'm going to be smelling vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> and what is our last tier? Tier four, which is $16,000, which gives you the infinity effect, whereas the water will spill up, keep flowing, spilling up, and spilling over the edge into the French drains that are around the side of it to recycle back into it as well. Along with that, you get the experience tower, and RGB lighting. Yes. They say that the water fills from the bottom of the bath and overflows into Hinoki wood moat. Uh, the tub is surrounded by lighting, but that is not all. You can also choose to envelop the surface of your bath in a fog and add essential oils for aromatherapy. Uh, I mean, it's fully loaded. It's amazing. I love that you can just be like, Alexa, fill up my bath, like, now. And I also like that we're finally getting soaking baths. Because that's not something we have in the States. We do not have that. And um, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for that culture to come over. Well, 
do, but it's like the Americanized version, which is like the two-person tub in the master bathrooms. That's just a jacuzzi tub. The only thing that I've I've seen close to this is that metal pan in the front yard that your meemaw fills up in the summertime. That's the only thing I've seen. What country <laughs> section eight place have you been in? If you have not been in a big metal tub in the front or backyard. You haven't been living yet. Oh, my God. Crazy white people think I'm half Hispanic. We didn't do that. What they did is hit us with the hose. We got a a shiny metal tub. Okay. Sure. But I'm just looking at like like so we had the Amer- we have the like how we're talking about a minute ago like the Americanized version, which is the double person tub, it's supposed to be more intimate and all that. But I'm fat, so it's like one person for me. But yeah, you feel that thing, I'm just laying there, but there's nothing really to keep the water flowing, keep the heat going, unless you have that faucet constantly going. This is freaking amazing. And unfortunately, my our stimulus checks weren't big enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe for the basic version if you have like three or four kids maybe but then you're in there with the door locked and their kids are like what are you doing like i'm building a rocket ship can we see hands coming under the door you'll never have peace ever (laughs) but i love their whole line everything is like touchless uh their even their toilet was amazing you don't even have to touch the dirty knob you just wave in front of it and it flushes for you what do you just not clean your bathroom okay but that it's just like it's still you have to like touch the flusher and it's just like i just touched it i i don't know i just think like i, I just feel the the non-touch everything that they implemented this year is just beautiful now here's something now here's a little thing i want to ask you like when you go to like public bathrooms and like places have you ever noticed this though there's only two of the three things no two of the four two to f- two to three of the four things that are actually touch proof you'll have the automatic toilet You'll have the automatic sink. You have to press the plunger on the soap and then the paper. You got to grab it and try to roll it out so and all that stuff. most decent places have everything automated. If you go to any HEB, like, it's it's nice. You have, like, these king-size restrooms that are, like, twice the size of regular public stalls. And you have, like, floor-to-ceiling, like, actual doors. And did you know what I realized? That only in the United States... We have we don't have floor to ceiling doors on our public restrooms. Everywhere There's a reason else, for that, actually. But I mean, everywhere else has actual doors, and they yeah. don't have those gaps in the doors as well. Yeah, but there is a reason why there's that gap in the bottom. Mm-hmm. So while you're there relaxing your O ring, <laughs> so you can poo in peace, you don't have someone coming up there and just like, you in there? I, I need to go. You don't have that. That's why they have the gap of the bottom. So you just kind of quick glance. See if you see feet, you move to the next one. Maybe that's different for dudes because you guys sprawl out. But I rarely see people's feet when the stalls are full. What do you do? Just sit on there and put your feet against the door? I don't know. But I I, like what I do is I just like push on the doors to see if any of them are open. I mean, most of the time there's like a big gap between the toilet and the stall. Uh, Let's go ahead and head into Nani. The evergreen ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal is costing the world $6 billion worth of trade a day. So it's insane. Uh, Evergreen is actually not the ship's name. Did you know that? Yes, it's the company that runs it. Yes, the actual ship's name is Ever Given. And it ever gave the biggest traffic jam in the world. (laughs) Workers will remove an undisclosed number of 18,000 containers from the skyscraper-sized ship grounded sideways in the Suez Canal to lighten and remove it from the world's busiest shipping routes. 
Removal and preparations are ordered by Egypt's president, um, according to the news reports on Sunday. A 200 metric ton boat and the whole thing is like, hey, I bet you can't do the U-turn here. Hold my beer. It's 200,000 metric ton. And if we want to get more technical on this, it's 1,312 feet long. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's insane. It created a shipper's nightmare and captured the public's imagination when it blocked the canal on Tuesday. It's created a traffic jam of more than 300 ships as of Sunday. Uh, I don't, I just don't understand. How did it get stuck in the first place? That's the only thing. I've been looking that up since I heard about this, and no one knows. I'm thinking the only thing was it started to run aground because it was probably over overladen, and so it tried to go around. It went right when it should have gone left and beached itself. So it said the owners originally said high winds and a sandstorm pushed the ship sideways, wedging it into both banks of the waterway. Containers stacked on the deck may have acted as a sail. Oh, yeah, wonderful containers. They're just giant Lego bricks and all that. <laughs> But the memes that have been coming off of this thing are hilarious. That's why we're definitely talking about it. The memes. I love how everyone's just like, get some dads out there and they'll fix everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows, like, if it, you, whenever you're trying to park, whenever you're trying to move something, your dad's going to be out there. Well, all you need is some two by fours. <laughs> I think speaking of that, another one I saw actually before we started recording, like there's there's an, e there's an easy way to fix this right here. We get two four by fours that are some form of Dodge Ram. We got we put a chain on either side and we pull. Yes. <laughs> That's how we're going to do it right there. Oh yes, sure, Bob. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, the memes give me life. I have one friend on Facebook that is literally posting memes daily. I, I love it. I love memes. Uh, it's 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 given it's given me a new breath of life. Yeah, well, here we go. We have an animation of how the ship came in. It yes. goes dead through the middle, through the deepest parts, and then hits the Suez Canal and. <laughs> There it is. Just stops. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, the chairman of Egypt's Suez Canal Authority said Saturday, without giving details, uh, that weather conditions were not the main reasons for the grounding and that there may have been technical or human reasons. Uh, yeah, an investigation is definitely going on. There's been rumors just saying like the people were drunk. I I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm excited to see the whole report and how this all folds out. Oh, yeah. And oh, here's another meme I just found here. Um, apparently Godzilla and King Kong are battling on top of it, and that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that is it, guys. Uh, you can follow me anywhere at The Raging Erica. And you can follow me everywhere at Dogfin Studios. Don't forget, if you have any topic ideas or just want to shoot us a message, you can email us at podcast at gamingtrend.com. You can follow, subscribe, and listen to our podcast anywhere in any major podcatchers like... Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc., etc. We are everywhere and accessible. And if you have any of those wonderful, tasty memes of Evergreen, send it to us as well. We need a laugh. <laughs> Thanks, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.